Very British. Hi everybody, it's good to be back this Sunday. We're I'm here with Roger this week. I had a couple weeks where I was on my own, so I'm glad to have Roger back. Today we're going to talk about a topic that him and I always enjoy talking about because it's something that we both believe in, uh, both topics, that is uh, ketogenic diets and fasting. So I'm going to just try to give you a little bit of a background on both. First, I want to say that this uh, show, this podcast, is sponsored in part by O'Fallon Nutrition, O'FallonNutrition.com. They are located at 8648 Mexico Road. That is our go-to place for supplements, but not just supplements. We send people there for essential oils, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, toothpaste, deodorant, and then we'll go right around the corner and have them get some cinnamon, some salad dressing, and some grass-fed beef. So this is like a whole health nutrition store located uh, in St. Charles County. But if you do not live on this side of the river, that does not mean that you should not take the time to visit O'Fallon Nutrition. When we were down in Powerhouse in Shrewsbury, we used to send people out there all the time because we really struggled to have um, you know, a location that we could send someone that was so like it would encompass all the different things that we would need. In addition, we had a difficult time finding a place where we had knowledgeable staff that would not try to convince the person to do a different product than what we suggested. They would always support, you know, our our methods and kind of support our, our choices that we would make, but then they always compliment it. So if you go in there with specific questions, if you're having digestive issues and you're looking for a probiotic, or maybe you're not breaking your food down and you're looking for an enzyme, their staff is gonna be so knowledgeable and they're gonna be able to help you with that. They also ship on anything over $50. So if you're not local and you just wanna give them a call and just get some information on if they sell a particular product, they they very much have comparable prices to all of the other supplement stores in town as well as all of the other grocery stores in town. So if you wanna give them a call, that number would be 636-240-5283. Again, it's O'FallonNutrition.com. And for those of you that used to listen to us on FM News Talk 97.1, this is our second month going into not having the radio show. We had it for almost six years, and uh, we are just strictly doing this podcast on Sundays at 2 o'clock for uh, the ability to hear all of our podcasts, since you won't be able to tune in to us on the radio any longer. You can go out to SoundCloud, or you can go out to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to Debbie Portel or look us up under Integrity Training Systems. You can also go out to YouTube and subscribe, and then there's this video version of this. But we will always do a Facebook Live at two o'clock on Sundays for our upcoming weekly podcast, which will be downloaded to those programs. So for those of you that would like to be able to listen consistently to all the different topics, like last week we had a great show on what to feed your children. For more information and how to listen to that, just go out to those apps or go out to YouTube, and then you can listen to all the past podcasts. So today we want to talk a little bit about a ketogenic diet, and that's very much in the now. Um, you know, you you just hear so many people talking about doing keto. A lot of the 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 folks that are doing it are doing it for weight loss. So it's become what I feel like is a very current, trendy weight loss. Um, diet to do, to use. Uh, Roger and I have, of course, always helped folks lose weight, and we've used keto in doing that, but keto's been used by us for more than just weight loss. I know for me in particular, Roger and I both have helped 
with my nutrition Roger did my nutrition many many years ago and then we just I've always consulted with him kind of run through my day's worth of eating and what do you think how can I add things and I have for the most part uh, lived off of a ketogenic diet uh, because of my autoimmune disease we've worked with many people with autoimmune disease and also with neurological disorders um, just overall issues with their health and a ketogenic diet ended up being really beneficial when it came to those issues so we don't always just use a ketogenic diet for weight loss we believe in it for for many more reasons than that um, what is a ketogenic diet Raj I mean you tell them I will go back and forth on these questions but what in your quick summary what is a ketogenic diet uh, well it's pretty simple the, the body has two different types of energy sources you have uh, glucose and you have ketones and when the body has sugar, blood sugar present, you will pretty much burn off glucose. Uh, when you remove the blood sugars, the body will switch over to converting energy into ketones. So it's just basically a, a form of energy. And, you know, you can burn one or the other. For the most part, not both at the same time, though. Right. So you're either in a sugar burning environment or a ketogenic burning environment. And so the ketogenic diet is basically when you're void of sugar. Yes. And so, so many people are dealing with inflammatory disease in their body. That might be high blood pressure, uh, that might be high blood sugar, that might be cholesterol, maybe just infl inflammation of the joints, inflammation of the gut. And so much of that inflammation originates with uncontrolled blood sugar. So like the inability to control their insulin patterns. A lot of times a ketogenic diet comes in and it really has the ability to put a really calm fix on a lot of those issues because your body isn't raising the blood sugar, spiking the blood sugar, and then dumping the blood sugar, and then spiking the blood sugar, and then dumping the blood sugar. You just stay real steady and real calm all throughout the day. So a lot of times uh, a person can see a pretty significant drop in their blood sugar. They can, in terms of no longer needing as much insulin, maybe not even needing insulin at all, potentially no longer having type two diabetes, um, being in a situation where you can take less blood pressure medication, or potentially not even need to take a statin because you're just simply lowering your inflammation through the ketogenic diet. See, that was another thing about the ketogenic diet. A lot of people call it a fat diet or a protein diet. Mm -hmm. Uh, a little bit better way to explain it would be a void of sugar diet. Yes. Okay. So in other words, a person can enter into ketosis even without the presence of, of taking in more proteins and more fats. Right. Just by not taking in sugars. Yes. So it usually takes around 12 hours to kind of burn off the active sugars in your system. So that's where the body kind of starts entering into a phase of ketones. So if you just don't eat, that will also get you in a, a phase of ketogenesis. Yes, so if you fast, and we're going to talk about fasting as we go. So understanding that a ketogenic diet is not a high protein diet. It is in fact a moderate protein diet, and the more protein, no protein diet. It, right, yeah. it, the more <laughs> the protein exactly, doesn't have anything It's to do a with fat, it. yeah. exactly. Yeah. It, you're relying upon fat, and the the thing about the protein that's most beneficial is the fat that's in the protein. So that's really what's um, keeping you fueled, and a lot of people struggle with that because because they overconsume on protein and that protein's going to convert to glucose the same way that an excess of carbs would. So when you're on a ketogenic diet, you've got to moderate the amount of carbs that you're having and they typically should average between 20 grams and 30 grams of carbs. It just depends on the person though. Uh, there are people that have 
achieved ketosis and been at 40 grams of carbs. I don't know many people that have achieved ketosis being at 80 to 100 grams of carbs. And a lot of times when you're sort of reading these kind of fad articles or newer cookbooks that are using the keto uh, sort of name, um, they're suggesting 80 to 120 grams of carbs. That's really uncommon in trying to get into ketosis. So it might make it a, a lower carb diet than what you were on before, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a ketogenic diet, therefore putting you into ketosis. So understanding that a ketogenic diet is not a high protein diet, it is a high fat diet. So the body is relying upon fat as your primary energy source that you're doing a moderate amount of protein. You're not over consuming on the protein. And I can tell, I can tell you from years past that um, I would really have a blood sugar response when I would have too much uh, meat and not even realize it. I didn't understand it. Uh, on the weekend, I would have uh, like a steak, I'd, I'd go ahead and say, well, this is this is my one day where I'm going to have something more than what I normally have. And I would think I was doing okay because I would get a ribeye. I would eat the whole ribeye. You know, I'd eat the whole entire thing. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'd be starving an hour later and I'd feel like I almost had like an adrenaline blood sugar dump from that. Yeah, the, the, the body doesn't like to convert protein to sugars, but it will if it has to. So if a person does consume too much of it, it's kind of a, a five-step hierarchy process that the body has to go through, but it can do that. Yeah. But it doesn't like to, so just kind of limit the protein. should be fine. Just make sure that you're consuming enough fat because fat is what is going to actually produce the stability and help you to maintain a state of ketosis. So when it comes to carbohydrate sources, um, understanding that staying between 20 and 30 grams of carbs, it means that you, you really have to put some attention to what you're consuming. So if I, you know, told Roger, you know, hey, I, I want to be able to eat quinoa on a ketogenic diet, what would you tell me? No. <laughs> No, not very much. I it mean. doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not the right carb. So if I want to have broccoli on a ketogenic diet, I even have to be able to watch that because of the amount of carbs that's in that broccoli. So it doesn't mean that that can't fit in there, but there are lower carb vegetables that would be more suitable. Example, zucchini, uh, romaine lettuce, or just different types of lettuce, uh, cucumbers. Those are all going to be five grams of carbs or lower for one cup. And so what you want to do is do your research on which is what our job is when we meet with people on what are the lowest carbohydrate vegetables that you can have. And when you do that research and you get that understanding, that will help you to stay in a more steady state of ketosis as well. If you're over consuming on vegetables, maybe having too many peppers, too many onions, too many tomatoes, those are the types of things that are going to put you in a position where you're not going to really be able to stay in ketosis. And what you'll feel is like fatigue, and then, okay, maybe I'm getting there, maybe I'm feeling better, but then I'll get like, oh gosh, almost like I have the flu. So you'll be kind of going in and out, in and out, in and out, and you won't feel well with that. And, and that's kind of that, the, the, the area in between burning glucose and in between burning ketones. As far as like blood sugar level, usually in between like, uh, let's say 85 and 75 micromoles of blood sugar, uh, you're going to be above 85 you're going to be burning blood sugar and below 85 you're going to be going ketones yes but if you're kind of just floating in between those two what i always suggest people do is they drive it down real low and then it's a lot harder to get knocked up into that zombie yeah. area yeah and so 
those lower carb vegetables will do that when you start maybe over consuming on rice cauliflower over consuming on green beans uh, taking in too many brussels sprouts even though they're healthy foods this does not make them an unhealthy food by any means but on a ketogenic diet it could really put you out of the position to be able to stay in ketosis so that's important um, what types of fat would you use on a ketogenic diet? I mean, I normally suggest MCT oil, coconut oil, um, higher fat meats like dark meat chicken, dark meat turkey, beef, grass-fed beef, um, whole eggs, salmon. Am I missing anything that you like to use? Pork. Um, pork. Pork okay. you can run in there. Lamb, you know. Pretty lamb, much that's good. Meat. Yeah. Um, even, you know, your chicken with your skin on it and stuff like that. Right. Um, so, I mean, you know, pretty much any animal-based protein, you know, <laughs> meat. But then when it comes to fat, though, you know, are there other fats that you like to use? I like to use MCT oil. I like to butter, use coconut butter. oil. Yeah. You like to use butter, grass-fed butter. Do you like to use ghee? Do you, do you sure. suggest that people mm -hmm. use ghee? Um, I usually, for the first 30 days, keep people off of dairy when they first start a ketogenic diet just because a lot of times a person's digestive tract isn't quite ready for that. Um, I don't know if, it, Roger, if you do that or not, but I usually go at least 30 days without... Uh, doing dairy and then we'll experiment with dairy as we go and so the the first thing we might do is use ghee um, then we might you know just use grass-fed butter and just kind of see how a person responds if and when you decide to add the the uh, but the butter or the dairy and like heavy whipping cream or something like that if your weight stalls or if the day after you have it you go up by about two pounds you potentially could be having a histamine response from it if your gut changes if you start to sense skin issues breakouts or maybe your eczema comes back um, these are all signs that you're not really handling the dairy well and you just have a dairy sensitivity you could always try to get an enzyme to try to help break that down but you also just might be you know one of the people that just don't do well with dairy and you know when I meet with people I recognize the fact that um, I respect bio individuality I mean Roger can eat dairy all day long and be fine with it I can't I can have one scoop one teaspoon one something and I don't feel well I mean my face starts to swell it's not a good situation but we could get five other people in here that might do just fine with dairy right mm -hmm. I mean you have plenty of clients that do well and I have plenty of clients that do well too but I usually always hold off for those first 30 days I do like to be able to put a person on the appropriate probiotic ahead of time so that we can kind of heal up their gut and just really get them on the right things to try to get their gut into good gear so those are the good fats now you also hear about clean keto and dirty keto and so I'll tell you my take on that but first Roger what's your take on clean keto and dirty keto well it's kind of like any generalization of a diet is it becomes kind of oh generalized even like the caveman diet you know, all of a sudden we have K-Man cookies and K-Man right. pie and K-Man cake. And <laughs> yeah. Same thing with keto. There's always a way to sneak this extra yeah. thing in and stuff like that. Right. Um, well, I mean, again, you, you have to limit those things. Right. Um, otherwise, you're not doing anything that you normally don't do by eating anything you want to eat anyway. You're right. just maybe spending more money for it. Um, I, I know Atkins, he, he kind of wrote the original book after Pritikin did it and uh, the early 1900s, but Atkins did in the 1960s. And now the Atkins company, owned by a large company, um, 
you know, you have the pro the the Atkins the bars, bars and, stuff, and Atkins yeah. pudding and Atkins mm-hmm. rice cakes and all this other stuff, and they're they're just kind of running a scam on everything. You know, again, it's kind of running into those areas that you're still going to be getting some alcohol sugars that are not oh, yeah. treated like alcohol and they are yeah. treated more like sugars. You're getting a lot of the um, maltodextrin. Right. Again, it's not counted as a carbohydrate, but it is a carbohydrate. Yes. So, again, you're really trying to cheat the system. And, again, this is where people like us come in handy is we already know all that stuff. Yeah. You know, we can say eat this, don't eat this. Eat right. this, don't eat this. You don't have to waste a month having eaten well, those bars and then you didn't do well yeah, you, you know you, you're slipping down that road of saying well i just want all this variety again variety is kind of the problem yeah. you know anytime that you got more than 20 or 30 different items that you can eat you're going to have a lot of uh wants right you know right. but you know always try to keep your list of foods to eat under 20 is what i always tell people to do that's good um and then that way you don't have to worry about slipping in 20 different ingredients in one atkins bar yes you know that, yeah. that can have up to 20 different ingredients in it um so again it, it's kind of it's a choice to either just d- deal with the natural based foods or get into these different lines and becoming keto in general yes you know? And, you know, I think, in my opinion, you know, I totally agree with everything Roger says. That's exactly what I would have wanted to say. And I think some folks try to take the approach when they do a ketogenic diet where, you know, maybe they kind of have a little bit too much cheese. That on any given day, you wouldn't even eat that much cheese on any diet you were on. You know, rather you were on a ketogenic diet or you were just on a moderate carb diet that you were just trying to lose weight on it wouldn't matter eating that much cheese you were not going to lose weight and eating that much cheese you might still raise your cholesterol you know so um there's cheese there's maybe a little bit too much bacon maybe there's a little bit too many pork rinds like things like that that's where we do get into the the calories do count right you know a lot (laughs) of ketogenic diet don't think they do yeah Yeah. a lot of people are like well you know the thing about it is that you know the ketogenic diet it converts to ketones so i can eat anything i want as much as i want so like that's not necessarily no right the reason is that a person can eat more calories on a ketogenic diet is a ketone is actually one-third less in value than, than a sugar molecule is. So when a person's in what we call a sugar, sugar burning state, you're actually running off glucose and through the effect of burning glycogen in the muscle tissue becomes very efficient. So you can take a thousand calories and get a thousand calories out of it. Well, ketones are less efficient. That doesn't mean they burn not as good, but they're of less value because you don't have the glycogen effect in the muscle tissue. So you actually end up burning more energy by burning ketones. So it's about a one third of a difference. So if somebody can eat a couple of thousand calories on a, a regular diet, then you could, you know, probably eat maybe 23 or 2400 calories pretty easy on a ketogenic diet and still have a weight loss. So again, mm-hmm. calories do count. They don't count as much as they do on a sugar-based diet. Yeah, I just want to watch the things that you're having. I mean, if you're sitting there having something just yeah. piled up with bacon and cheese if and If you're beef, eating 4,000 calories a day, I mean, you're it, still not going to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's going to add up. You, you have know. so many ketones on hand, you don't have to go get any extra ketones from stored body fat. Right, right. So, Roger, people often will say, you know, I don't want to do a ketogenic diet because I'm afraid of my cholesterol going up, or I'm just afraid of the overall impact that that will have on my cardiovascular health. What would you tell a person that said that? That's just wrong. 
Yep. Uh, I <laughs> That's mean, it. Nothing else. Yeah. It's just wrong. You're I wrong. Mean, yeah. You know, the, the original information about cholesterol levels and causing heart disease were just incorrect. The the Framingham study that was done back in the 19 uh, late 40s, I think it was, it was just incorrect, and it's been proven as being incorrect time and time again. But it was said with such a loud voice and said so many times for 20 years that nobody will listen now. Right. The the effect of cholesterol that you consume having the effect of cholesterol in your system, it just doesn't correlate to heart disease. Heart disease is actually caused by inactive inactivity of endothelium cells, and we all know this. It, it's just going to well take twenty years of carbohydrates and sugars. Yeah. Uncontrolled and, insulin patterns. You and, know. and people out there have called me crazy so many times, and then after about five or six years, they're like, "Oh yeah, that was right." Right. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not around anymore to say it, but. Yeah, it's just the way it is. And this is one of those things that's still sticking around. People are starting to come around to it that eating cholesterol doesn't lead to heart disease. Right. Eating cholesterol doesn't necessarily lead to large amounts of cholesterol in your system. Your body's really good at keeping what it needs and throwing away what it doesn't. Yeah. It'll put your cholesterol what your cholesterol needs to be at. The main thing is staying away from large impacts on your body, messing up what's called homeostasis, and making the endothelium cells on the inside of the, the uh, your arteries become inactive. So again, it's kind of one of those things that it just doesn't matter. I mean, right. again, it's been said so many times and people are like, oh, it's got cholesterol in it. It's going to kill you. No, that that's not true. Right. We, we, we didn't watch our cholesterol for tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of years. Right. And all of a sudden when we started watching our cholesterol, our incident of heart diseases went up by 300%. Right. Uh, probably not the right direction. There's so. a great book about cholesterol. It's called Cholesterol Clarity, and it's by Jimmy Moore. And I always recommend that to my clients that fear that. Um, that was a book I highly recommend. Jimmy Moore also wrote the book Keto Clarity, and he does a great and, job of helping you to understand the ketogenic diet. And there's saying that he's crazy and right. saying he's killing people <laughs> and saying that he's starving people. Right. All this nonsense. That, that's all they've got. You yeah. know, again, when we deal with platitudes like that, it's pretty hard to you know, actually address anything with real science, yeah. you know, and again, that's what I always try to look at is just, just real science, you know, science yeah. mixed with history, you come up with some really good answers. But whenever you, you know, devote yourself to one study that was done, in, done improperly and the conclusions have been found to be not correct, you need to go back and start all over on the deal. Right. And another book that I feel from a ketogenic perspective, if you're seriously considering it, is Keto Adapted. That does a really good job of breaking down all the fundamentals of a ketogenic diet and the reasons why you would avoid certain things and all the different things that can come up with a ketogenic diet. One thing I want to finish with is that in the bodybuilding community, they'll always talk about how a ketogenic diet will just wreck your metabolism and just totally downregulate your metabolism. And to some extent, it does. Uh, downregulate your T3, so it is somewhat beneficial to supplement with L-tyrosine, you know, uh, or to have overfeed days. But what's your opinion on that? Do you do you feel like a ketogenic diet? Um, and I should say the bodybuilding community of today, uh, actually the bodybuilding community of about 15 to 20 years ago, Love all a did a ketogenic <laughs> They actually all did Arnold a ketogenic diet. Frank Zane, yeah, yeah. You know, all those guys. And that's what blows me away when I hear these guys that are telling people they can eat Pop-Tarts and Cinnamon Toast Crunch because it fits in a macro profile and they're going to do a show in eight weeks, nine weeks, 12 weeks. 
and and yet the people that were the beginning you know the ones that actually birthed bodybuilding it was birthed through ketogenic diets you know so in your opinion do you feel that it can downregulate the thyroid or downregulate the metabolism a little bit to where you do have to do some supplemental things no <laughs> i mean the metabolism is a very 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 hard thing to disrupt right uh age has a lot to do with it period sure and hormones hormones, I mean, hormones have decreasing. a lot to do with it yeah. but but the, the food that you eat, I would say that the the most damaging long-term effect that a person can have on their metabolism is eating a whole bunch of non-food products right. with high calories in them over large amounts of time. That, yeah. that, that would be it. Other than that, I mean, a vegetarian diet, a ketogenic diet, a Mediterranean diet, diet this and diet et cetera, whatever they're usually not going to have much of an effect on a person's overall metabolism long term. It's just the it, garbage foods that yeah, truly I mean, have you, it. You, 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 you can take one little set of information and say, okay, because of these little numbers right here, we're going to say it damages your metabolism. No, it's not true because even though those numbers might be damaged, other numbers aren't damaged. Right. You know, Again, thyroid production might go down, but then the need for thyroid goes down because of the fact of the protective mechanism of not having insulin on hand you know right. so again th there's a lot of different things that that are are anytime you're throwing one switch and flipping another switch you have other switches and stuff flipping so for the most part if a person's eating real food in whatever combination and they stay away from processed foods they're probably going to be fine. Right. And when somebody says, that's going to kill you, that's going to drive your metabolism into the ditch, it's going to make you all this stuff, just you, you got to step back and say, we've been eating real food for a long time. Right. Well, let's not add too much bodybuilder brain knowledge to right. try to change what we're going to be doing. And probably the bodybuilding community is not the best place in the world to come up with information. Sure. Um, so. And neurologically speaking let's say something like alzheimer's parkinson's disease and then immune system uh, and autoimmune issues um, maybe someone dealing with epilepsy just seizures on a regular basis a ketogenic diet is highly recommended Autism, yeah, yeah yeah highly recommended a in lot of brain functions because of the fact that you're really decreasing the um, serotonin levels in your brain mm -hmm. and the way that it affects things and so a lot of neurological and psychological things can be affected by staying with the ketogenic plan yeah we once um i mean over the past 15 years have worked with many people that obviously dealt with depression and anxiety um but then you often will meet with someone that it goes to a completely different level maybe they're manic depressive maybe they're bipolar um i've worked with someone that was schizophrenia i had with schizophrenia and a ketogenic diet has been so advantageous in those situations I, I think we could probably even go back 40 or 50 years when people would say don't ever give your kids sugar before they go to bed because they won't they're, they'll be crazy right you know, they'll, they'll be too high right. energy and stuff like that well just imagine that if you're giving a kid sugar five times a day every day yeah it's gonna make them 
in the long run end up with those crazy yeah. spells. Yeah. You know, and they're going to get stuck on crazy. Because their know, neurotransmitter because levels actually it's, change, and they yep. keep changing, and they stay changed. And the body's trying to adapt to it, and it's making so many other changes because it's thrown out of what we call homeostasis. And yeah. again, in understanding homeostasis, you can answer a lot of questions. So for the most part, a ketogenic diet can help fix those problems, but staying with a low-sugar-based diet you can probably stay away from getting a lot of those problems. Absolutely, and, and that's why it really, that's the, the, my show last week where I talked about how to feed your kids healthy. I mean, it really does start at the child, you know, the, with your children. So we often hear parents that use that as the excuse for why they cannot eat healthy, but really it should be the reason why they need to eat healthy because they need to start at this point with their children. If they wait until their children are 20 and 25 years old, there's damage that could already be done inside their body so we don't want to use the excuse well I don't want to limit them they're just a kid I don't want to produce some sort of issue in them or cause some sort of psychological issue because they're not able to get this food or that food but the reality is is that you're actually causing that type of an issue by continuing to feed them improperly balanced meals so no it doesn't have to be a ketogenic diet but given that they're experiencing some psychological issues or just neurological issues, you really want to take into consideration the amount of sugars for sure that they're having and also just the amount of carbohydrates and what are you coupling with those carbohydrates? Are they getting enough fat every day? You you could even say dead products. Yes. Uh, So in other words, you know, our, our body, you know, operates off DNA and when you eat things that has DNA in it, then your body knows exactly what to do with it. But when it eats things that don't have DNA in it, this going to have a problem with it. Like, give me an example. An Oreo? Um, well, a lot of chemical pro- products, right. a lot of products that are completely dead. Right. So again, you know, it's those things that we would call scientifically engineered foods. Yeah. Those ones we want to try to stay away from. Yesterday at my group nutrition, we talked about this. This would be a good example. Uh, Well, we were talking about my protein muffins and the ingredient list in my protein muffins is like (coughs) almond flour, coconut oil. Did you make me some of those? I make cookies, some of the cookies. Almond flour, (laughs) coconut oil, um, vanilla, you need just eggs, yeah. basic ingredients. And, and all that stuff is the... the, the just real the, food. The earth-bound mm-hmm. elements. You know, yeah. DNA, it's got elements in it from the earth. But whenever you get into different products like high-fructose corn syrup, the body doesn't understand that. Even though chemically, chemically speaking, it's, you know, the same as sugar or a little right. bit, you know, roughly the same. Right. But it no longer contains any DNA. You yeah. know, so again, your body doesn't know what to do with it. What doesn't know what to do with it, it tries to flush it out of the system. But in flushing out of the system, it has to throw a lot of switches to be able to do that. Well, and then we compared it. We have the ingredient list of Hostess cupcakes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to bash Hostess, but... Um, 45 different things. Seriously, the ingredient yeah. list was that long. And we were and just it like... Longer, uh, every, it, it gets longer every year. It was crazy. Every year. And I all that say, has to do... I'm sorry. All that has to do with making an extra penny and making an extra right. tenth of a penny, right. making an extra hundredth of right. a penny. How to That's make it what, a little bit cheaper. Exactly, mm-hmm. because you're dealing with chemicals rather than nutrients. And I get that because I, I bake for a living. I bake you know, the cookies and I bake the muffins and I have to look at that and, and each thing that we buy... I have yeah. to say, how, how can I afford to make this muffin and not have to charge someone $4 for the muffin, you know? Right. And it's not easy. 
it is not easy to yeah. find quality ingredients at an inexpensive price well, and not the, have to overcharge. The thing about it is that if all of the ingredients had to be whole living ingredients, the ingredient cost would go down. Right, okay? exactly. But because of the fact that they yeah. take whole ingredients and they let's say they take a pound of whole ingredients and they make 100 pounds of fake ingredients, right. that drives the, the cost of the whole ingredients up. Yeah. So again, if we just went to a system to where we said, okay, no more fake stuff, right. you know, right. the amount of money that would be saved in longevity and disease problems, the medical industry, the insurance companies, and everything yep. like that would be so huge. And again, yep. you're just transferring the money from the fake ingredients to the real ingredients. Yep, and believe good. me, real whole eggs from the farm would become cheaper rather quickly. Yeah, that's really good. I, I often will have folks, if they are going to start keto, um, I also have them do intermittent fasting. Do you have people sure. fast when they yeah. do keto? I like that. I like combining those two things together because it's so easy and it's such a rapid uh, result right. as far as any diseases that they have and weight loss. For me, for my immune system, fasting was kind of the turning point. Um, when Roger and I used to work together at Powerhouse. And you remember when people called me crazy. Right. That's what I was just <laughs> getting ready everybody. to say. When Roger and I used to work together at Powerhouse, we would just try all these different things on my body because I was just so sick all the time. And it was, it was concerning how sick I was. And so we would just, we'd go completely down this direction and see how I'd do and go completely down this direction. So it was kind of fun because we learned a lot from that, both of us. And we kind of used my body as the guinea pig. And, uh, and, and now we've worked with a number of people in similar situations. And so honestly, that's really benefited us both. But uh, fasting, keto made a big difference for me, a really big difference. It just calmed my system down. But fasting was like the defining change because I gave myself a break. And one day Roger came to me and he was like, you need to fast for three days. And I go, what? And he goes, no, you seriously, you need to not eat for three days. And I was like, Roger, I can't do that. I work, I mean, I used to work from five in the morning until nine o'clock at night. Like I didn't, stop working yeah. and i was and like you would eat every two hours i know i was like roger i'll, I'll <laughs> never make it like i'll yeah. never make it through the day and he's like i'm telling you it'll reset your immune system and he's right i mean he's absolutely right when it comes to me having an autoimmune disease and for you folks that have crohn's disease ul ulcerative colitis ms lupus you're just chronically dealing with your body being in such a hectic state and always have coming up with a new virus Fasting is the method that will calm all of that down. So the, the, the easiest way to explain the way that were, are we get into that part? No, go for it. Yeah, uh, that's fine. The, the easiest way to explain that part is like this. Um, again, everything that happens to your body has to do with homeostasis. Homeostasis is, is the perfect place that your body likes to be. It, it's called a Zen moment. Okay. And all throughout your life, as long as you're waking up every day and putting your pants on, this is happening. Your body's trying to get to that perfect point, okay? Now, the closest you get to that on a daily basis is when you sleep. When you sleep, your body's entering into the what it would consider its best homeostasis area, okay? When you wake up, you're thrown out of homeostasis. When you eat, you're thrown out of homeostasis. When you drink water, you're thrown out of homeostasis. But when you sleep, nothing's occurring. The body's repairing itself, and it's at its homeostatic point. That's why we need okay? to sleep. That's why you need to sleep. 
okay? Just try to skip it for four or five days. You'll see what happens whenever you, you really get don't yeah. have that, that ability to kind of reset your homeostasis. When a person eats, that's every time that you eat, it's like setting off a pharmacy in your body. And it can either be a really good pharmacy or a really bad pharmacy, okay? So what you want to look at is you want to say, well, if homeostasis is the closest to it when I'm sleeping, and the only difference between sleeping and being awake and going around is you're awake and you're not eating, okay, yes. or you're eating when you're awake. Well, if a person just wakes up, you've thrown out a homeostasis for a little while, and then you kind of settle back into your homeostasis point after about two to three hours, but every time that you eat, you're thrown back out of that. Well, if you just skip those meals, the body continues along in that good homeostasis mm -hmm. area. And again, the body is resetting itself. It's refreshing itself. And the longer that a person goes without throwing itself out of homeostasis, the better you're going to be. That's a great explanation. And I can just feel such a difference. I'll take it until noon every day and we'll have that first meal and I can feel myself downshift. I can literally feel myself go down a gear and yeah. I'm starting my day at that point. So yeah. I'm starting my day in a lower gear. Or earlier I was talking about, you know, heart disease being caused by inactive endothelium cells. Again, inactive endothelium cells is your body being out of homeostasis. Right. So you did something to make it to where your body's out of homeostasis and it's being impacted. Endothelium cells aren't producing nitric oxide. Bad problem. Okay. Right. But again, if you stay in homeostasis, those endothelium cells do exactly what they're supposed to do. That's right. And again, fasting is a perfect way to make it to where those endothelium cells do exactly what they're supposed to do. So wake up, don't have breakfast, maybe have your first meal at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. Another example would be eat dinner on Sunday night and don't eat again until Monday night dinner. Sure. You know, that's a great way of doing it. Make sure you get uh, mineralized sea salt throughout the day so that you're balancing your electrolytes drink plenty of water but definitely try to get your electrolytes balanced. yeah the electrolytes and minerals are going to be really important because the one big deal that we don't do today that we used to do is we used to drink water out of the ground yeah that was kind of a weird concept right is you know the the you know, the rain falls through the clouds and the air and then it goes through the leaves and then it goes through the grass, it goes through the dirt and goes over these rock, rocks for literally tens of thousands of years. And it picks up all these minerals. Yeah. Well, these minerals are very important. Well, if all of a sudden you don't eat and you don't have those minerals, your mineral basis is going to go down. Right. So again, you have to come up with a way to keep those electrolytes in, in, in your system and if you don't have a fresh stream, you know, if you live in the Rocky Mountains, you just go out and right. dip some water out of the, the creek or whatever. But we don't have that. Yeah. So, again, you have to figure out a way to get those minerals into your system. Celtic sea salt, pink Himalayan sea salt, or you can just simply get a mineral drop and put that yeah. in your water. You can get that at O'Fallon Nutrition. Or if you can find some really good mineral water that's from a yeah. mineral spring, that's, you know, that kind good. of stuff. Right. And drink that. For the most part, because again, that's that would be the the, the missing thing as far as not getting those those minerals. Yeah, just either way, attempt to give your body a break, let it restore itself. Go a little while without food, you you'll make it. You will make it, and you'll actually feel more alert. You'll feel more effective. I mean, you will start to feel your body heal. Most especially if you have digestive issues. Give yourself 24 hours where you don't have anything. Your stomach will start to feel different. 
and even thinking about the past, we actually are designed better to not eat than to eat all the time. Right. <clears throat> the way our system is set up is we have all these protective mechanisms for when we don't have food. We don't have protective mechanisms for when we have food right. all the time. Yeah. Again, when you look at the disease population in America, it started screaming for, up in the 1950s. When we were told to eat five times a day, all of a sudden our disease rate started increasing. Right. We're designed better to eat less than we are to eat more. And we were told to because eat all the protective less mechanisms. Fat. We don't have protective mechanisms to keep us from overeating. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. all these diseases, the body doesn't have any protective mechanism for overeating because our DNA just doesn't understand overeating. It, it just never had a time when it had all the food any time it, it wanted. There's no mechanism for protecting when we overconsume on sugar, don't nope. get enough fat, nope. we end nope. up taking in unreal ingredients, you know, the, things that are not real food, you God know, we don't have the ability. didn't take that into mm -mm. effect. It, no. It, it, it didn't understand that there's a possibility of, of these people accumulating all this food and literally being able to eat 12 hours a day, seven days a week, 360, until the day you die. It never, but again, it understood that if you didn't get food, here's all these protective mechanisms in case, in case you can't, because food's hard to come by. Yeah. And you <laughs> but know, now it's not. there's almost a gluttonous um, concept there where you can, you know, you can kind of take almost a, a spiritual look at that and say to yourself, you know, um, when I overconsume, how, you know, how am I treating the body that God gave me? You know, how, how can I expect to feel better with that overconsumption? Well, and going back to that point is Jesus, right? Allah and Buddha and even L. Ron Hubbard, you can throw him in there. Right. You can say there's, there's one thing that they all agreed on. And that's fasting. Fasting, right. Fasting was key. Yep. And again, they did it for, again, whenever you're looking at the way our DNA works, is it helps reset the body. It yep. helps reset your DNA. There's all kinds of really cool things that happen. I don't know if we're going to talk and about it today, but I could talk for days on exactly all the cool things that happened just during fasting. And that's what the turning point was in my health and in so many others of the folks that we've worked with because it the body finally slowed down the ketogenic diet helped it so much because it calmed down it wasn't having the same blood sugar response it wasn't having the same foods certain clients were not having the same blood sugar issues or you know having responses from different foods but the fasting is what the turning point was because the body finally got the break that it needed to all restore that, all, everything got to refresh mm -hmm. yeah. so um a, a great book on fasting is from jimmy moore the complete guide to fasting and is it Jason Fung? Yeah, Jason. Jason Fung. Yeah. He's part. Doctor, there's yeah. a lot of him, Dr. Jason Fung. He's a, a lot of his information's in there. But if you're actually going to search on someone in regards to fasting, I would search him because his information is outstanding. Uh, Jason Fung. Fung. He uh, his book is called The Obesity Code. Really good book, and it, it's you know probably the information on it's like six or seven years old, and new stuff has came out since then on it. But that was kind of the original ideas of where this all came from and the, the Pulitzer Prizes that have been won over, you know, the discovery of autophagy and all this stuff. And just just amazing stuff. Right. So uh, um, uh, uh, Longo, uh, Walter Longo, uh, 
I got to throw him in there too. I'm just going to ask this question, Roger. What are some of the protective mechanisms guarding against not eating? I would hope not oh, a slower. <clears throat> I would hope not mm -hmm. a slower metabolism, which then carries over to once again you starting eating again. Uh, again, what you talked a little bit about with the ketogenic diet, the metabolism. For, for the most part, everything that we think that we're told today of what would happen doesn't actually happen. Well, we'll start with the slower metabolism. Let's just imagine that 10,000 years ago, you get up today and you go hunting, let's say here. I mean, what can you possibly get? I saw some deer on the way in, uh, maybe some nuts, maybe some seeds. That's it. You know, and if you miss on killing that deer, all you're going to have is a few nuts and a few seeds. Right. So again, let's get up tomorrow. You're going to try for the deer again, maybe try to grab it and everything like that. If you cannot find food, okay, in actuality, your energy, be, your energy production actually increases as your food intake decreases. Yeah. <clears throat> and that happens for up to five days. Yeah. Okay, your body starts taking all the stuff out of your bloodstream and all these amino acids and all this stored body fat and utilizing it. In your mental awareness, in your energy level, actually increase during fasting, not decrease. Yeah. If we, if our energy and our, our uh, brain uh, activity actually decreased as calorie consumption goes down, we wouldn't be able to find the nuts. Right. We wouldn't be able to hunt the deer. Right. Okay. The exact opposite of everything you've been told up to this point is true. The that our ability to think more clearly. Uh, uh, who was uh, Hippocrates when he would have classes he would actually tell his students not to eat before they come to class because you can't think and eat right. okay Especially Be after you because your brain activity goes yeah. up or when you don't eat right okay your energy output uh, the, the accessible energy goes up because you have a steady stream going into stored body fat to be able to burn energy so again if if our energy just goes down and down and down without eating like a tsetse fly or something like that that would be a problem in in being able to survive okay so the exact opposite happens so that's one one thing that happens that that we're told that doesn't happen in, in other words we're told that we get weaker and weaker and weaker it takes week a week two weeks to become right. overly weak like okay like fasting straight through yeah you know and, and again as long as you keep those you know minerals and and things going through water and stuff like that you're going to be fine right okay again i'm not talking about starvation okay i'm talking about just simple short-term fasting, fasting right. like we're right. supposed to do yeah i just i just um a week ago had a guy that come in he's been working with me for quite some time so lost quite a bit of weight and he said Deb, i just feel like i i'm not losing you know i'm kind of stick and stalling and he's been doing really good and i said okay for the next four weeks on sunday night like i told you have dinner and then let's not eat eat again until monday night's dinner sure. let's do that four weeks in a row and he did it one time and he messaged me and he said Deb, why do I feel so good? Yeah. You know, why do I feel so good? And then it was a day later and he goes, 
I'm losing weight again. You know, you're so excited. And he's like, how am I losing weight again? You know, so I think he dropped like three pounds and then obviously he just went right back to his normal food, you know, but it's so effective just in having you feel better. I mean, you just, you just will feel such a difference, but during the Mm -hmm. fast, it's just going to blow you away. How much more energy you will have, how much more effective you'll be, how much clearer you will see. But if you come off of eating a candy bar and you go right into a fast, you do have to understand and, you know, and again, if a person goes from eating five or six meals a day to eating once one meal every two days, there's there's a gap because yeah. your body's used to burning one way. So there's a way to phase the, into yeah, it there's better. There's always phasing into it because we're not we meant do. to eat all the time. But if you are eating all the time, you're not meant to eat not eat. Because you know? right. again, you know, you you can't flip it that quick. Yeah. Um, the the question that you had, uh, there was another thing in there: the protective mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Um, again. I think one of the things we were going to talk about is the the muscle. Yes. Okay. So people just have that that I think a common misconception that you're going to burn all your muscle if you fast. Uh, that okay. Again, it's just it's all make them up. It's just not true. If it was true, okay. Let's just let's just take history. Okay. Again, I always like to take these big snapshots of time and say. You know, this is what happened for a hundred thousand years, and now you're saying that's not the way it works. Well, okay, let's just let's just think about this. So, for a hundred thousand years, hundred food was hard to come by. Okay, it might have been for a month, might have been for a week, might have been for ten days, might have been for years. I mean, there, there's things that are, that are called droughts that happen to where there's nothing to eat. <laughs> there's nothing. Okay, if if it was true that our bodies access muscle tissue okay when lacking food then we would all be walking around as skeletal potatoes okay we would all look like potatoes it would just be flat globs of fat because you you go from breakfast to lunch without eating well is your body accessing muscle no even during the times of, of five, six days, the body doesn't access muscle first. Right. It accesses stored body fat. Right. Matter of fact, it doesn't even get to the muscle tissue. And this is proved from fasting studies done. Well, glycogen, 90, then stored body fat. 95% right. of all of your calories come from fat. Right. Okay? This is, this is just the way it's done. Your body doesn't like to access protein in muscle tissue right it doesn't make any sense yeah and even if let's just say if okay the the body does access protein for these times without food if okay why would it access your stomach and your liver and your pancreas and your heart and all these internal organs that are very very important why does it only say i'm going to go get protein molecules from the muscle tissue it doesn't do that okay it either is burning body fat or it's burning blood sugar. It doesn't just all, all of a sudden switch over to burn. Again, remember, proteins, that's kind of the, the, the blocks of the muscle tissue that, that everybody thinks about, is very, very, very hard to turn into energy. It's a five-step hierarchy process. It won't get to it until the fat is gone. Right, so Period. It, it just isn't going to go in there and just start burning it a hole burn through your muscle. Way, because, again, <laughs> if it did do that... It just isn't going to happen. 10,000 years ago, everybody would have looked like potatoes. Right. We're not potatoes. It just... Okay? 
We were muscular people. We had protective mechanisms. The protective mechanisms actually increase without food rather than decrease. It's also a great way to sell protein powder and supplements. It's too, the best to way to sell to, food. To try to it's convince somebody, you know, that they need to be eating five times a day. If you tell somebody this much protein and this much of this, that they're going to feel bad, they're going to get sick, they're not going to have. Uh, muscle, they're going to get fat, and they're going to die unless they eat five times a day. Right. Best way to sell food. Right. It's real simple sell. And you know, it, it's kind of an easy way to think about things. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. You know, if you don't have food, don't have energy, you can't. You know, again, but it's not the way it really works when you right. start looking at things. If you, if you take one line and you break down the science uh, in a scientific manner of exactly whether or not something makes sense or not, most of the stuff we think about things don't really make sense. Yeah, so what we're trying to clarify is is that fasting will not break down your muscle. It will not burn your muscle, it, especially short-term for, fasting. For, for five days, okay, still 95% of all energy production comes from stored body fat. Right. Unless you do not have stored body fat and the percentages start flipping. But you never get into a higher percentage of muscle tissue than fat tissue. You would reach death before that. Right. Okay. But up to five days, because most of the amino acids that you need are stored in blood plasma. So just stored. <laughs> when you're doing intermittent fasting until noon, the, it's it's not even a possibility. The, the other thing that happens is something that's called autophagy. Okay, autophagy. Okay, it means uh, to self devour. Okay, it sounds kind of creepy, but it's kind of weird how this works. That that's what makes after fasting about twelve hours of fasting, you reach a point of autophagy. The body starts reclaiming old cells for usage. Yes. It's really, really pretty cool. And whenever you think about it, all disease actually comes from old cells. It's really pretty cool. But our stem stem cells actually start eating our old cells after twelve hours of fasting. Okay. Now, what this does is, is it gets rid of old cells. And that's why it helps that and immune system to everything improve. that your body needs is in old cells. It goes in and reclaims old bone. It goes in and reclaims old blood. It goes in and reclaims the, the, the everything. All old cells are being reclaimed during fasting times. And that's such a cool thing. And this is why a lot of the religious people actually had fasting built in is because it's a way for your body to reclaim itself and become renewed. Absolutely. Okay. That just imagine that if you don't fast, then you can't go in and reclaim those old cells. Yeah. You're not reclaiming everything that your body could possibly need to rebuild itself through the stem cells unless you eat it. And, and let's say you don't eat it. The stem cells aren't healthy and you have these old cells that are becoming diseased over time. And you want to put more focus on your cellular energy instead of your muscular energy. So obviously we don't want to burn through your muscle and we're not going to through fasting, but Doesn't you happen. should be putting an emphasis on the cellular energy and how to improve it. And you will do that through fasting. Now I will say one of the chief complaints about any type of a food plan, but especially a ketogenic diet, is how to prep food and what to do. Uh, Pure Place has a ketogenic food plan. So you can go in there and say, I'm on a keto diet, you know, Roger, Debbie, they put me on a keto diet and they will actually have a very specific meal plan for a ketogenic diet. You can go in there, pick up all those meals that are going to comply with the ketogenic diet. And if you need to customize that, they can customize it. If you need to get just the meat by the pound, you can get the meat by the pound or the veggies by the pound. Whatever's easiest for you, they will deliver it out here to our integrity location. They'll deliver it to your house or they have a location in Chesterfield and a location over in Kirkwood. 
So if prep is your hardest issue and you want gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, sugar-free foods that are real and organic, you want to go to Pure Plates. And they are at pureplatesstl.com. And the number is 314-778-3555. And everything that we're talking about is right up my doctor, Dr. Bly's alley. This is what he is so good at. He does stem cell therapy. I go to him for my glutathione injections. He completely believes in all of this. So when you go to, the, to him as a doctor, you, you know, he believes in you fasting. He understands the, the reason why you're doing it and he supports it. So if you're looking for a doctor with proactive medicine and even just to have some of these vitamin treatments, Dr. Richard Bly is who I would recommend. And it's Dr. Bly, B-L-I-G-H-M-D.com. And he's located off Ballast Road and the number is 314-994-1536. This is a topic that we are very passionate about. Both of us fast uh, almost daily. We've followed ketogenic diets over the years and we've also used them with our clients for many, many years. Uh, for more information with, uh, on integrity training systems and doing a five month nutrition program, you can contact us at 636 299-2208 or to schedule a free personal fitness assessment with any of our personal trainers at our O'Fallon or Clayton location you can take a look at us at integritytraininggroup.com anything else Roger before we go any last remarks it was great information and we appreciate all of you listening God bless you and have a great day I know I had like about two percent left that's the only reason why I cut it I would have well I mean we talked for an hour though I would have definitely. Where are my cookies?